Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. From KCBS Radio, I'm Matt Pittman, and this is Bay Current for Wednesday, March 30th. BA2, the highly contagious Omicron subvariant, is now the dominant COVID strain here in the U.S., just as mask mandates, vaccine mandates, and gathering restrictions are pretty much vanishing. Will the BA2 variant be the first real test of how we learn to live with COVID? Kind of a spot check on how we're doing? All with a focus on increased testing, personal responsibility, and the honor system. And how concerned should you be? My KCBS radio colleagues, Melissa Colross and Jason Brooks, spoke with Dr. Robert Siegel, a professor in the Department of Microbiology and Immunology at Stanford University. It was this morning's edition of Ask an Expert, which you hear on KCBS radio every morning at 920. Pretty interesting conversation on where we are and what may be ahead. We talk about the BA2 subvariant being more transmissible than Omicron. What does that mean, particularly for people who haven't had COVID yet? Good morning. Thank you for the opportunity to speak with you. Um, the the fact that it's more con, uh, contagious, uh, more spreadable, is is basically an observation that we see that if the two variants are around, uh, one starts to take over. So, uh, and then we can uh, sort of determine why, and it actually produces uh, more virus particles. So, uh, for for somebody who hasn't been infected yet, I think clinically the outcome would be very similar, but they're more likely to get it. So behaviors that that you would uh, have engaged in before. Um, you might be at slightly more risk now from um, from BA2 than you were from the original Omicron strain that was circulating. Um, so that's that's the main difference is that uh, is that if you're not vaccinated, that uh, you might be at slightly higher risk. Dr. Siegel, since Omicron really did surge across the U.S., will that in any way blunt the impact of BA2? We're kind of seeing that a little bit in Europe, and it's a very different story in Asia where they don't really have a whole lot of Omicron. Well, the people who have had Omicron or BA1 uh, would be somewhat protected. It would be like getting another dose of the vaccine. So they would be somewhat protected. People who hadn't gotten uh, infected yet uh, would not be protected. Uh, so, um, and, and the fact is that right now as everything's opening up uh, and people are engaging in higher risk behaviors, uh, their risk to get infected with uh, BA2 is even greater. So for instance, I was uh, you know in the store and basically people have all dropped their mask pretty much. 
And speaking of that, we've got a listener question that addresses that. Uh, this listener asks if we maybe should reinstitute COVID restrictions instead of using a wait and see approach and allowing another surge. So, um, well, at this point, a lot of the decisions, you know, are sort of try to balance public health with uh, with uh, political and policy considerations. And so uh, if we wanted to stop the spread, we would continue to engage in all the behaviors that uh, that protected us against previous strains. Uh, it's hard to imagine that happening at this point, uh, just because of the the sort of political tide uh, and the fact that uh, that when when there's you know it's interesting to think about when when there are mandates, people wear masks as soon as they take the mandates down, even though the risk hasn't necessarily gone down, people often take their masks off. Doctor, you mentioned that you've been in the grocery store and seen most people without masks on. I've seen the same thing. Um, where are you in that? Do you still wear a mask when you go inside with other people around? Actually, today I wore a full-fledged N95 mask because I knew that so many people weren't going to be wearing masks. So, so actually, in some ways, the risk has actually gone up. So I was actually at, at a high level of protection. <laughs> We're seeing a big rebound in domestic air travel, not quite as much internationally. Uh, doctor, how comfortable are you with air travel right now? And, and what do you recommend for people to do if they do want to, you know, get in the friendly skies and head somewhere? Well, there's a lot of travel that's increasing, and uh, I am seeing from, uh, again, anecdotally from people I know that uh, that travel is also being associated with uh, an increased risk of infection from people who managed to avoid getting infection up to this point. Uh, so I, I wish that the uh, the airlines would adopt the strict you know, uh, measures that the cruise ships are adopting, namely uh, higher requirements for vaccination and and pre-flight testing. Uh, I am willing to get on a plane with, uh, you know, again, uh, N95 masks and trying to avoid taking that mask off because, you know, for instance, I have a, an elderly mother and uh, uh, and I'm hoping to visit her, you know, in the near future. In addition to more people traveling, there are companies who are trying to bring their workers back into the office. This listener has a question about returning to work. Is it safe for somebody to go back to the office five, after five days of quarantine after a likely BA2 infection? Yeah, so uh, so that's an excellent question, and uh, basically, I heard somebody else talking about the fact that everybody wants a one-size-fits-all, and in fact, after five days of being asymptomatic, the risk of spread is very low. So a lot of the answer to that question would be whether or not they had tested negative. Uh, now, we, we are hearing about false positives, like for instance, if you did a PCR test and you were positive, you might not be infectious, but if you did a PCR test and you were negative, you could be pretty sure that you're not uh, contagious to other people. But it would also depend on what the work environment is, how closely people are working, whether that person is wearing a mask, whether their coworkers are wearing a mask. So, yeah. so uh, again, the risk drops off greatly after five days. It uh, doesn't mean that nobody is, is, uh, has virus after five days. But, you know, again, it depends on, on what the work situation looks like. We're talking to Dr. Robert Siegel, professor of Department of Microbiology and Immunology at Stanford University. If you have a question you would like answered, please email us at askus at kcbsradio.com. Uh, doctor, another question from a listener regarding the transmissibility of BA2 compared to BA1. And the question is, does this mean that it's more transmissible in those who have never been vaccinated or also in those who have been vaccinated? In other words, is there a difference in transmissibility 
eligibility in people who have and have not been vaccinated? Okay, this is an excellent question. Uh, I, I have not seen really great data. What we are seeing is that there's a high rate of breakthrough infections in people who have been vaccinated. The big, big difference between people who have been vaccinated and people who have not been vaccinated is that people who have been vaccinated tend to have a fairly mild course. None of the people I know uh, are going to the hospital. Uh, none of them are having serious complications. Uh, there's data that the risk of of, for instance, long COVID is decreased if you're vaccinated. Uh, for people who are not vaccinated, uh, the risk is still high. Um, it, it may not be as high as as, uh, as it was for Delta, but it's 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 quite high. Uh, and we're hearing that this is a milder infection, but in fact, mostly it's a milder infection in people who have had uh, been vaccinated or have been previously infected. So I I wouldn't I wouldn't count on this being a milder infection. And one point that's really important to make is that uh, often a somewhat milder uh, variant that's more contagious will actually have a bigger impact uh, because you're going to infect a lot more people. Even if it's slightly more contagious, a lot more people will get infected. And so even if it's a lower rate of complications, you may end up with more people in the hospital. Another listener question here, wanting to know about variants that we haven't heard about yet and why BA2 is getting all the attention. Well, let me answer the second part first. The reason BA2 is getting all the attention is because it is outpacing all the other variants. So right now, over 50% of the cases in the U.S. are BA2. Uh, it is uh, so much more contagious that Delta is basically disappeared. Uh, so Delta basically replaced uh, you know, previous variants and, and swept across the country. But now these more contagious variants uh, are, are spreading more effectively. Uh, so that's one. One thing. The other thing is that uh, there, the, you know, this mute, the virus continues to mutate, uh, and so, but it's it's mo much more difficult to find a collection of mutations that's actually more transmissible. And so, although we haven't seen one yet, there's no reason to think that that kind of variant won't emerge in the future. And I think the the key here is that uh, is that every time we sort of like take a breath, uh, it seems like the virus is able to come up with a new variant that is uh, is um, more transmissible. And so I think it's more important to be vigilant than to uh, assume that this is the end. Another listener question, doctor, who would benefit from another shot when it comes to BA2? Would you say some people wouldn't need one, even if they're in an eligible group? I think, you know, there's the data, there's several studies that have looked at this, and my reading of the data is that pretty much everybody would benefit from a another shot. It's just that some people would benefit much, much more. People who are at greatest risk from any of the variants would benefit more from, uh, from uh, the booster. So it will reduce their risk of both serious complications, but for everybody, it seems seems to be able to reduce the incidence of acute disease. And there are many reasons for wanting to uh, reduce acute disease. Not only, you know, does it keep you from feeling poorly, uh, it uh, decreases the risk of long COVID, it decreases the risk of long-term complications due to micro uh, hemorrhages, it, uh, it decreases the risk to those around you, and it decreases the risk of having new variants emerge. So, so it's still a goal to try to uh, uh, if possible, to, to uh, avoid acute infection. 
Thank you again to my KCBS radio colleagues, Melissa Colross and Jason Brooks. And thank you to Dr. Robert Siegel, professor of microbiology and immunology at Stanford University. Hope you're enjoying the Bay Current podcast. New episodes are out every day, and we'd love to be part of your daily routine. You can subscribe on the Odyssey app, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere you get your podcasts. We're also on YouTube on the KCBS Radio YouTube page. And that's it for today's Bay Current. I'm Matt Pittman. We'll chat with you again tomorrow. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.